Well, uh, once again, we get together here with Simply Connected with Data Projections, and uh, it is myself, Chris Mitchell, um, with Sandy Hill, my uh, partner over in Houston office, and uh, sorry for the crazy uh, intro there. I wanted to shake it up a little bit this week, so um, <laughs> do something a little bit different. But You never tell them um, where you are. You always tell them I'm, where I am. I'm in San Antonio, so I am actually okay. in our San Antonio office uh, and uh, sitting in my little dungeon of an office and uh, and loving every minute of it so <laughs> but uh this uh this week sandy uh gets a chance to chat with one of our design engineers um within data projections ryan young ryan actually uh started out in our san antonio office and then and then moved to our austin office and and but but ryan has become just a resource for all of us in so many ways and really has just blossomed as a uh, resource for the company when it comes to um you know video technology associated with you know video streaming and video recording and and video conferencing and uh you know ptz cameras versus you know all the different things that you see um hdmi cameras usb cameras all those kind of things and so i'm excited to hear what uh what questions sandy asks him um but uh but also just to see where he takes those and uh um, you'll be impressed with his wealth of knowledge, I think, and uh, just the way he's able to to explain some some very technical stuff. And one thing to talk about how we got to this today, we had our annual sales and design meeting recently in Houston, and our teams all come together for a couple of days to cram pack all kinds of learning and awards and just manufacturers come in, and it's just always such a great time. And our um, SEO company came in and started talking about, you know, doing podcasts and doing blogs. And so Ryan, I kind of pulled him to the side and said, hey, I think we need to do this. I think this is something you can do with me. And he was really excited. So it's really a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy hearing all about Ryan's knowledge. So very cool. We'll talk to you guys at the end. Hi, this is Sandy Hill with Data Projections, and on our podcast today, I have a guest. His name is Ryan Young, and he is one of our design engineers out of the Austin office. Ryan, I'm so excited to have you here. Hello, hello. How's it going? Okay, and tell it, let's just start out. I cannot wait to hear this, sure. but I want to hear how you got into AV. You've got such <laughs> great knowledge, and I, I want to I want to know your path. So tell us a sure. little bit about yourself. So right out of high school, I was lined up to be, I took all these pharmacy classes in high school. I was going to be a pharmacy technician because pharmacy technicians and pharmacists make tons of money. And I wanted a Corvette back then. So <laughs> I went to this pharmacy camp and had it all lined up and didn't get the pharmacy job. I passed my license, but I didn't get the job that I wanted. And so coming up into college, I had to have some kind of summer job. And I found an education technology job in college. Um, and the requirements were, can you, can you lift 50 pounds? Can you hook up computers here and there? And can you solder was, was the big one. And I'd seen my dad solder before. I'd seen him weld. And I thought, in principle, it seems pretty simple, you know? So right. I said, sure, yeah, I can do that. And so got the job and did that all through college off and on. Uh, worked at Best Buy for a while as a salesman for... Uh, the Apple expert at Best Buy for about two and a half, three years almost. Um, but all throughout college did AV or some form of IT as a job, all the time going back to the AV when I would branch off from those IT jobs. 
Um, and then right out of college, I went to work for the UT Health Science Center in San Antonio as a health oh, desk wow. technician. So moved out of Abilene Christian and drove down to San Antonio to follow my now wife and uh, <laughs> got a job working as a um, just a help desk repair for uh, for the school down there um, and did that for a couple of years. And, and about halfway through that, um, my boss just found out that I did AV back in college and asked if I wanted to kind of oversee just a couple of small installations, help out here and there, kind of installing some stuff, running cable, things like that, um, going back, you know, to those installation routes. Right. And um, so did that for a little bit. And then actually UT Health Science Center um, was a client of data projections. And so I worked with Andy and Chris, um, our, oh, our wow. the designer from San Antonio and Chris, the, the um, VP down in, in Austin and um, worked with them on some projects, just kind of babysitting while they did all the heavy lifting. And um, just through happen circumstances, just said, hey, you know, you know, I don't know if you guys are hiring or anything. And really, they approached me first. Um, and we kind of did a swap. <laughs> Somebody from DPI went over to Health Science Center, and then I came over to DPI. And so we got a kind of a trade there, but uh, ah, started, doing, cool. started doing drawings for the San Antonio office because they said, hey, could you do drawings? And I said, yeah, I, I could draw stuff on a computer, sure. You know, so... So you're uh, that started, kid. You're that kid that I, is the what we call the can-do kid. You can do. I'm going to figure it out. If I can, right. I'm going to figure it out. So, you know, I was, I really needed a job. And so, um, no, and it just, it worked out well because I, you know, had great exposure to just how things were wired and kind of had that mentality for it. And then kind of learned under uh, our designer from San Antonio, Andy, who's been here for quite a while, um, super smart and just learned just good, solid work ethic from him too, of just how to design just good, solid systems. So did drawings for a couple of years and then just so happened that an opening in the Austin area came up. And so my, my family and I moved out here to the Austin area and haven't looked back since, so. Oh, that's a great story. And you know, that hands-on experience is invaluable. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really, it really, really is. That it is does really... give you a different perspective to go, you know, from, from being hands-on installing the things to then now designing it and it kind of makes you have a better appreciation for what those guys in the field do. Um, definitely asking questions, all that kind of stuff. So right, um, we're right. only as good as the feedback we get because a lot of time we sit at a desk and design these things. And if we're not getting feedback backwards from the guys, you know, in the field, um, we're, we're just, we, we're going to keep doing the same things we always do, you know, so. Oh, I love to hear that. That's really great. I completely agree. Okay, so one thing I love about Ryan is if you ever call him with a question, he is a wealth of knowledge. And now listening to your background, I can see why. If you've, you've done a little IT, you've done a little AV, a lot of AV, and, you know, I get it. Like, it's very obvious. But one thing that he has a passion for and knows a lot about is cameras. And we're not talking about, like, the camera you take your picture of your kids with. We're talking Ooh, about, yeah. like, cameras in AV. So, um the first thing I want to kind of outline and discuss, Ryan, is tell me what types of cameras are there for AV? Sure. So in our market, um, a lot of people think when they think cameras, like you said, phones is the big one. But a lot of people think of, we're talking about camcorders from back in the day. Um, and, and we don't really play in the broadcast space. That typically lands with broadcast folks. So news crews, um, a lot of live events use cameras like that. They're kind of their older style. You might see them at Best Buy looking like a DSLR, um, what you would take to, you know, 
sporting events, things like that, take pictures of your kids. Um, we typically in, in commercial AV, uh, K through 12 area, we don't typically play with those cameras. Um, there are a lot of software driven elements to those as well, but we typically play with installed cameras, meaning they, they are mounted on the wall, the ceiling, uh, sometimes tripods, but they're usually fixed installations. They don't usually move around a lot of the time. Um, that's, that's the main component we play with at data projections. Um, so okay. types of cameras like that, um, pan tilt zoom cameras. So they have the ability to zoom in, zoom out, pan up, pan down, left, right. Um, we have all in one cameras nowadays that have a soundbar camera, microphone, kind of look like your soundbar you'd get from Best Buy for your TV or something, uh, but now has a camera in it too. Um, we have cameras that are document cameras where you might set it on a desk and you can slide documents underneath it um, to show either on your screens or whatever's around your room. Um, you see those a lot of times classrooms, courtrooms, um, not so much in the corporate world. We don't see a lot of use for document cameras in the corporate world, but on occasion. Um, there are also, let's see here, we do ceiling mounted cameras, like I said. Um, that's kind of the main gist of, of what we normally work with here. Um, and again, you know, the, the IT side of what we're doing nowadays with everything being need to do Teams or Zoom or WebEx or whatever it is, um, we're seeing a big shift away from HDMI cameras and now we're doing USB cameras a lot too. So um, cameras that have multiple types of, of different connectivity as well just to kind of expand beyond what we used to do for, for installed cameras. And so Got those it. installed cameras, a lot of the time revolved around, we're doing video conferencing, right? Right, um, right. So typically we would have, you know, one or two cameras around the room, um, devices would handle those cameras, um, the control of those cameras, uh, and then send that content typically to whatever the far side was for video conferencing purposes, right? We uh -huh, don't use a lot of those cameras for recording ourselves. Okay. Um, okay. Historically, historically, it seems to be a trend going forward that we are doing those recordings more and more often nowadays. Right. Um, so just so, to bring you guys back what he just said, I'm not sure one of the acronyms, we kind of joke in our industry about all the acronyms that um, we use for you know various products or whatever. And he said pan, tilt, zoom, which is basically uh, when you hear the word PTZ or the acronym mm. PTZ, that's what that is. Okay, so when it comes to connectivity, and you just said you do HDMI, and then now you're using USB. So that this is an area I am completely clueless about. <laughs> why do you use one or the other? What sure. what defines each one? Sure. So it's it's a little bit of both. So so when you use USB based cameras, you're getting a lot of software driven features. Um, it gives you a lot more software flexibility for that. HDMI cameras give me better methods of transporting longer distances, things like that, right? So what I like to do nowadays is if I have more than one camera in a space, I'm doing multiple camera setups. Uh, I typically like to run HDMI cameras because HDMI is a lot easier to transport for long distances. It's a lot easier to switch if I need to switch between two cameras. Um, you know, that's the main reason I use HDMI cameras. Um, if I need one camera or if I'm looking for specific smart technologies, and I'll get into this a little bit later, because both options have, have limitations and, and benefits for, for smart technologies. But 
Um, a lot of the USB stuff is, is, is software driven, like I said. So if I use an HDMI camera, inevitably nowadays, I have to convert it to USB at some point so that I can put that into somebody's laptop, somebody's PC, so that they can use it for Zoom, WebEx, Teams, whatever you know, video conferencing platform they want to use. Uh -huh. um, but again, in, in multi-camera setups, I like doing HDMI. It's a lot more flexible. Um, I can combine images, things like that. USB is not as friendly when you're doing things like that. Oh, God. So if I can bring it all in with HDMI, convert to USB, now I have... I can do all of my extension, all of my switching, all of my image compositing, and then convert it and then use it for whatever video conferencing platform you want. Okay, the other great. benefit of that is I can break out that HDMI into multiple signals. So I could say, I want this image to go to the USB devices for video conferencing, but I want another HDMI to come out so I can send overflow video to the lobby overflow video to another conference room beside us. Or I wanna just record that on a separate video recorder, a dedicated HDMI video recorder. So it gives you a lot more flexibility if you, if you stick in the HDMI link. Wow. Um, like I said, with, with multiple cameras, that's, that's the big one. Um, the other thing is the cost of HDMI cameras um, seems to me to be less expensive than when you add HDMI and USB. Um, same thing if you just, just go USB cameras, they tend to be a little bit less expensive, but if you need both on there, they tend to be a little bit more pricey. Got it. So the USB method, I like if I'm making complete packages, um, the, the, the tricky part that I have with USB inevitably ends up being, if I have a USB camera and I have some other type of microphone, whether it's another USB microphone, whether it's a big, big installed sound system in a church or auditorium or whatever it may be, um, I now have to connect at least two USB cables to my computer. I don't like that if I'm bringing in laptops. If I have an right. installed PC, I don't mind it as much, but anytime I'm asking users to connect multiple things to their computer, I want to limit as many as possible. Or in terms of if I want to say, here's an HDMI for your laptop or video to show on the screen, and then this USB gives you the speakers in the room, the microphones in the room, the cameras in the room. It has one USB connection. And okay. so in USB cameras, some of them have the ability you can connect the audio into the camera itself. Um, you know, there's a few options there. And that's why it's so crucial really to work with an integrator like us so that we can kind of walk through what's the experience you really want here. Are you, are you really harping on and really focused on um, kind of a, a production feel to this? Or do you want something where you just come and plug in one cable and now you're having kind of a small video conference? Okay, um, that's a really good culminating statement right there. And that's exactly, I can totally see that. And so that leads me to something else. Um, basically, when you're talking about like a PTZ camera, I know mm -hmm. that, you know, you can have different views of that camera, but also, how do you control it? Like how, how do you know? So tell me a little bit about sure. the PTZ views and how that all works. So a lot of that is either run through, most of these come with a manufacturer remote, um, a little IRA remote like you would get with a TV at home to control up, down, left, right. You know, sometimes you can control uh, presets. So a preset would be, uh, I have a fixed position that I really like this shot or this frame. And you can typically hold the button of, there's usually a few numbers on there. 
preset number one will be this scene over here. I have it zoomed in on this area, panned over to the, this area. Um, so you can do a couple of different presets like that. Um, okay. Wide angle lenses typically I use nowadays a lot of the time for uh, training spaces, right? So in training areas, you typically have people that are sitting in an audience or you know classroom setting. Uh, and then you typically have somebody at the front of the room who's presenting to those those students or whoever's in that, in that, that, at our, that audience area. Right. And what I like to do is get a wide shot so I can kind of get a good room view. Because if I'm on, the, on a video conference call and I'm wanting to be a remote participant in that training space, I kind of want to see all the students as well as the presenter, right? And so what I'll right. typically do in those scenarios is have that wide angle shot for everybody that's sitting there so that I can see, you know, hands being raised and things like that. But then I'll also take another camera that sh shows the, the presenter and stitch those images together actually. And that's when I would say, you know, give me an HDMI camera because that images of HDMI cameras, I can stitch a little bit easier than doing USB. What does so, stitch mean? So stitch would be, you know, for this, this younger generation, it's uh, something <laughs> on TikTok where they, you know, have the person who did their old video and then somebody else's video next to it and they put them side by side. Right. Uh, but, you know, a good way to do it is, is to look at it as if I'm looking within, you know, if, if you and I are on a video call and I see your little window, Sandy Hill, and I see you in your window, right? If you were to just split it down the middle and put one camera on one side and one camera on the other side, and you as the Sandy Hill participant box, I can see two camera images, two independent oh. camera images. So on the left side, it may be the students. And on the right side, it may be the presenter. And the cool thing is, is since it's HDMI, I have the flexibility to, I can move those images around, make them bigger, make them smaller. I can say, you know what? I don't really need to see the classroom that big. I can put that image down kind of in the lower corner, what we call oh. picture in picture, and right. have a little floating window to the side and have a big image of the presenter. And, and we can control all of that through a control system. And back to your question earlier about how do you control all this? Typically, we have a larger control system in place where it's either um, sometimes we'll do a little touchscreen controller, sometimes we'll do a push button controller, kind of like a little keypad almost. Um, but typically, our programming team will say, What do you guys, how do you guys want to interface with this control system um, in terms of controlling it? Do you want to use um, different presets so we can give you presets of you know, I want a presenter view only. I don't want to see the classroom. Or I want to have them equally sized left and right, presenter on the left, classroom on the right. Um, I want to do that mode where it's picture and picture mode. Uh, I want to move the camera up, down, left, right. I need to zoom in, need to zoom out. So typically with multiple cameras and even sometimes one camera, we can give greater flexibility of control through a control system. Now. And that's important because I don't yes. know about you, but. I'm always looking for the remote, even in my house. And oh my goodness! That would that would be a nightmare. Plus, I oh, guess it. some some people would have to have like when you decide to have several presets or something like that, you obviously have to have somebody sitting at the control system switching it for you, right? It, exactly, exactly. And that that's another thing. You know, it, there's an element of this where we're in a day and age now to where facial recognition, facial tracking automatic panning and tilting and automatic PTZ cameras. AI is the big buzzword these days. But basically what that boils down to is if there's a way for me as a presenter 
to have just a natural experience like I'm just presenting, because that's a hard enough thing for me to do anyway, is to present to somebody. But if I now have to then go and control something on the fly, (laughs) I I may have to find multiple remotes. B, I have to go over to a touch panel, you know, in a good scenario and manipulate the images that way. But if I could just stand up there and present and have that camera follow me around or zoom in on me or, um, you know, make it look like somebody is back in the back with a little joystick and zooming in on me and controlling it, that adds a lot of value to me as a presenter. It takes away that fear of what if I don't get a good shot or if I'm not zooming in far enough or what if I step way over there because I like to walk and talk when I present, you know? Right, right. And it, it definitely allows the presenter to do their job without having to focus on the technology. And exactly. So here's a question. So we had a, a demo camera in our Houston office and um, fascinating. I know that you just said this. Some are, you know, following your face. And I've heard camera companies talk about how when teachers started wearing masks, mm. they had to come up with other ways to track. But um, and then some, you know, maybe follow your voice. You know, I mean, it just sure. depends, right? So we exactly. had this camera in our in our uh, break room that we just put out to kind of play with, and that thing would like stick to you like glue. Once it picked oh. up on somebody, mm-hmm. you had to literally duck down behind either a cubicle or something to get it oh, to yeah. go away. What was that? Oh, it's I mean, scary. The, well, yeah. and, and, you know, you, you, you think about the things we carry in our pockets these days that you just look at it and it unlocks your phone. I mean, that's, that's pretty terrifying in and of itself. Um, again, a camera. Um, but what it boils down to nowadays is there, there's, there's about, you know, not three or four methods. There's quite a few methods. AV, there's always 100 different ways to do the same thing, right? We all have our preferences um, and it all comes down to we're trying to all get the same functionality. Um, and so it started out as we either looked for faces, body figures. Uh, you may have walked into a specific zone back back in the olden days. I say olden days, 10 years ago. Um, there used to be, there's a couple of different ways. There was a mat you could set up where you would stand on the presenter mat and the camera would be triggered through our control system to zoom over to a preset area. So wow. I would be in a, in a lecture hall, possibly. I'd have my presenter podium down there. And I might have three or four of those mats kind of right at the front. So if I stepped on one to the left, it would the camera would shift over. If I stepped on the one to the left, the camera would shift over. And then if I went back to my podium, the camera would shift back over to that setup. Okay. Right. So that was kind of where it started. Uh, we used to have these necklaces you would wear that the camera would look for the necklace and follow you around. But it was looking for light signals. And if you got by the windows, it would mess it up and the projector light shining would mess it up. It's horrible. So a lot of the time nowadays, we the cameras I like to use the most look for if somebody is in within a, a preset area um, and it is just looking for somebody to step in that digitally drawn space in that camera. So our programmers will log into the camera and look through the camera lens and you can set an area through that image and say, if somebody walks over in this area or this area, I want that camera to follow them a little bit. Um, I like that method just because it kind of doesn't give me that jerky left and right or jerky view of of me being super, super zoomed in. But with the addition and and obviously COVID had a lot to do with this driving it forward, this technology forward, because we couldn't start seeing faces anymore. And we used to do it based on some of the, the Cisco technologies. They like to use facial recognition. So it would look for a person's face and then would pan towards their face. 
And again, all of this was just the image portion. It would look in those images and it would look for people stepping in certain fields or certain views, how many people were in the room, uh, zoom the camera out to fit those bodies. So it would look for bodies and, and, or faces, right? Right. Um, another way we do it, and again, we used to do this a lot back in the day too, was based on audio. Um, and the only way that works, the really the best way that that works is if I have fixed microphones, so like ceiling microphones, something that's stationary for my audio, so okay. that if I walk towards those microphones, those microphones can pick up and send a digital signal to my control system that says, hey, somebody stepped in this area with a microphone, or what the microphone is present in, somebody stepped in that area, they're an active talker over there, let's shoot over to them, and now pick up that person as a preset zone. The kind of all-in-one speaker bars, a lot of the time nowadays, they have those cameras, mics, speakers built into it. They're using a combination of those things. So they're looking oh, okay. for, are people in an active area? Are they physically sitting there? Do I see people with the camera lens? And are they talking? If they're talking, I might zoom closer to the person who's talking and not have to, yeah, there's people over there, but I want to zoom in on the active speaker at that point. Okay. Okay. So, that makes sense because it's all in one solution. And, and, and a lot of the times we can combine those and say, I want to use the microphones as well as the camera in the bigger systems, you know, beyond just the, the little all-in-one camera speaker bars. So we can kind of combine both of those to kind of give you a more productive feel or more production feel. So when I pitch cameras, I typically say, do you want that kind of production value to it? Or do you need something just stationary? If you want something that feels like production to where you don't have to have, you know, a dedicated operator, you kind of have to pay a little bit more because of those smart technologies. Right, right. Otherwise, we might go back and say, you know what? No, we just need a fixed camera. Maybe I am perfectly fine with the remote control. And that's great. It works for a lot of people, you know? So just depends on the value you want from there. And just like everything in technology, I mean, you know, somebody may come in to us and say, well, we just want the wide angle. And then, sure. you know, once they utilize it, quite a bit, they may come back and say, okay, wait a second. Now we really want to focus on maybe adding a second camera to do this. I mean, it, it's interesting in, in the use case and what they think they want. And not that it always changes, but it's sure. definitely once you start using it, you realize the capability of other things like the Zoom or whatever. And we see exactly. customers do some changing in some of those things. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about to me is um, kind of funny when you're watching on the far end from a PTZ camera. And that's yes. basically the difference between like how the camera changes as it's zooming out or maybe going from a focused on one person to others. Sure. And just the fact that sometimes it can make you super dizzy, you know, because oh, yeah. it, so how, what are those, you know, when you're designing it, what, what are those things that you have to pick when you're setting a camera up that makes that what would be a pleasant experience for the far end user? Sure. So a lot of the time, um, like I said, if, if I'm working with, let's talk about a conference room, for instance, right? So if I'm in a conference room, long big boardroom, you know, I've got a long table. My main goal in that is to frame the group as a participant on the far side. I want to see the group as a whole. And a lot of the time nowadays, we have technology where I can see the group as a whole, but I can also focus in on specific people if they're talking. Um, so you can kind of have a composited image as well. Um, and so what I try to do to mitigate the dizziness effect is, is to say, let's, let's actually give you the experience and, and, and see if you like this first before we even install it. 
right? So it's, it's important oh, okay. with integrators that we have good relationships with manufacturers so that we can either maybe give you demo gear, you can come into our offices to see it. Because like you said, you know, you guys installed that one in the break room and, and just the, the level that it actually did follow you guys around was a bit shocking. Um, <laughs> it was. And so manufacturers are super eager to do demos. I find a lot of the time that we want those features up front and try it out. Because again, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but a lot of the times I see people say, you know what, I didn't like that feature specifically, let's, let's turn it off. Or I didn't know it could do that feature, let's add that. And so what I like to do when designing these is say, how feature rich is your user base? Do they like you know, those extended elevated features or do they kind of just need to come in, have a meeting, move on and let's get onto it, right? So right. it depends on the level of technology that they're comfortable with in general because nothing's worse than throwing, you know, technology that can do a lot of really, really cool things and it becomes a fixed camera, for instance. They turn all the features off and it's a stationary wide shot of the whole room. It, it hurts my soul because yeah. <laughs> as I've spent a long time thinking about it, it would be really cool if you guys could do this, but then right. inevitably, you know, it may happen. So the, the, how do you mitigate that I don't really know a good word other than the dizziness effect, if you will. Um, part of it is, is as a designer, I look at the space and the environment, try to see if there's any environmental elements that may hinder me from having a good experience. Are there windows on one side where maybe cameras are picking up a bunch of light from one side? How do I mitigate those environmental elements? But then maybe how do I combine some of the technologies we talked about and have a, a, a more kind of robust system to, to mitigate that effect. And you're never going to get it all. The goal is always to get a really good effect, good enough, you know, uh -huh. there's a, there's an acceptable level there because without having the human element to change things and pan and, and control things, there's always going to be a little bit of it. Um, and we're always getting better. I mean, COVID has, like I said, has, is drastically pushed forward these technologies and, and just, the level of change over the last two, three years has been insane with the, the way things can track and pick up. I mean, last week I just looked at a, it's a company called NEAT, N-E-A-T, yes, uh, and they, they have um, an all-in-one bar, but what it can do is it has a ribbon down at the bottom that shows the entire strip of, you know, in a conference room, for instance, it's, it's a ribbon at the bottom that shows everybody in the conference room. And then at the top, it may pick out specific people using some of those body tracking, facial tracking, using the microphones to pick up certain people when they're talking, but it frames them individually. And so you get this very grand production feel. And so Austin, I know for, for a lot of people in Austin, we have a lot of tech, tech companies here, you know, they like those really cool production, you know, gadgety looking experiences. A lot of people here like that. Right. Um, Indeed's a big fan of that. They like to, you know, have that, that production value added. So the goal is to mitigate that, that dizziness as much as possible, but still give somebody the, that production value that they're requiring. And right. then so and I kind of steer it to production. How much production do you want? Right. And nobody, I mean, really, if you think about it in a way, if you think about how a movie is made and all the technical elements, I mean, we're mm -hmm. not making movies, obviously, but. Sure. A lot of the AI and a lot of the way that these cameras are being created allows for those transitions, you know, from mm -hmm. one to the other. So I personally, so 
the cutting versus the fading. The cutting always catches me by surprise because basically to give you a visual of what that is, it's like it's zoomed in, let's say it's zoomed in on Ryan in a room, and then it's it's going to move to more of a an area that's got like three or four people in it. And it kind of goes dark for a second and then it pops the image there. Is that correct? I think that's the fading one, I believe. Either way, that's the fading. Both they're okay. both, frankly, quite annoying. Cutting is going to be an immediate snaps for one person to the other. Oh, it, I'm looking it. at okay. Joe on the side, and then all of a minute it snaps over to the other person. Okay. Um, and those I, always just, it's funny to me. I would rather it just move. Like, kind of catches just you off guard. zoom out and then zoom over. But maybe it's a time thing, too. I don't know. This is Part rare. of it, you know, I may think is, is if I actually did, because I remember being a, a kid with my mom and dad's camcorder zooming in and zooming out and zooming in and running around, you know, <laughs> which is worse? The dizzy, I zoom back in and kind of get that vertigo effect of zooming back out on somebody. Or is it the cuts the better, the fades better? Again, it's that kind of, I kind of want to give you as a customer, here's everything it does and, and really talk about the acceptable level of, of technology here. Um, because personally, I like I like the cuts and it does, it comes down to preference. It's individual preference. Right. You know, right. and, and the trick, the, the tricky part is, is now everybody's on the far end because we're either working from home or, you know, we, we were sick, but we still want to be a participant in a meeting or, you know, you're a student and you didn't get to come to school, but you still want to be active and participate. So it's hard to cater to all of those. You kind of have to right. have that middle of the road mentality. Well, and that's why we're having this conversation today is to give some information about all the things they can do, you know, prior to looking into a solution. These are some things you need to think about for sure. Exactly, exactly. I, I like to revolve it around really how do you want your far side people, participants to experience you in the room? It's less about your experience in the room and more about the experience of people on the other side. That is exactly right. And that is, and that's a tricky has to got view. to be the focus. Yes. Yep, I would agree. Yep. Okay, so you've said a couple of times about like the bar and we're talking about like if you bought a sound bar for your house yeah. at Best Buy and now lots of manufacturers have come out with this bar that includes, like he said, the camera or more than one camera, speakers and microphones. So everything is, it's a super easy installation, but there are some things that make that experience, it, it needs to be designed to the element of the room, size Correct. of the room, all the things that Ryan's been talking about. So Correct. Ryan, when, where is that change or, or where do you see the trade from having a true PTZ camera on a wall going or going to a bar? Like what, what yeah. how do you do that? So it really comes down to the physical size of the room. Um, the all-in-ones are usually meant for the, the smaller spaces. So you may, we call it, you know, small, medium, large boardrooms at most, um, you know, kind of the, they may be in the 25, 26 foot depth range from your display at the okay. front of the room. Um, and they're kind of the narrower, they're not super wide, um, but they're the smaller spaces, right? Um, and we can extend those a little bit. Some of those all-in-one bars, uh, some of them have mic extensions. Um, so you can add mics at your table to extend that mic pickup range. It's usually not the camera that's a limiting factor. It's usually the microphone in those that's the limiting okay. factor on how deep I can get. 
Um, and manufacturers always say, you know, it's the, this is the extended range. Well, it, it never actually gets to be that extended range in the field. Never is. They may say it's 25 foot and it inevitably is 22 or 21. <laughs> and, and your chair is two foot short and I can't really hear you whispering now. So, so some of those things is we, we can extend that a little bit and put some extension mics out there um, on the table or some have a ceiling mounts. Um, but the breakover I find really is between do you need more than one camera? So am I trying to pick up a presenter or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the physical size of the room. And, and really it comes down to, like I said, it's not the camera typically, it's the microphones I find. Right. If I've got a room okay. that's 30 by 30, the camera probably could see that far. Uh, but the, the, And the speakers could probably reach that far because those speakers are typically loud. Uh, but it's going to be the microphones aren't going to be able to pick me up well. And so all of those elements, whether it's the microphones picking you up for tracking or, or whether it's just the microphone picking you up for speech, um, are going to be pushed to the extreme and it's not going to be a good experience for, again, people on the far side. Right. And so the breakover really is the room dimensions. And so a, a good, quick and easy way to figure it out is, is just to say, do I have a room that's deeper than 30-ish feet? Is it about 25 to 30 feet deep? I really kind of need to go to a more custom system beyond that. A lot of those boxed kind of systems and solutions with the all-in-ones, I need to kind of go to more of a custom space. Right. They wouldn't be satisfied if, you know, the person, you have your most important person in the back of the room speaking and it's not picking them up. That would be a problem, right? Exactly. Inevitably, the head head person at the table up there is the one that can't get heard, you know? Right, right. And so thinking about this and some of the designs and installations we've done, I mean, I, I see you know, the more custom solution in what I would consider a boardroom, like a city boardroom or a school mm-hmm. boardroom or a courtroom. Um, yes. And, well, you know, those larger space auditoriums, you know, some of these, exactly. high, you know, um, higher ed campuses are putting in installed solutions with two cameras because they mm-hmm. are doing just, you know, virtual learning, distance learning still from their classrooms. Exactly. And a lot of the times I pitch it as, do you have to have a presenter at the front? If you do, that instantly changes me away from that all-in-one unit. I mean, that's the first question I ask is, are you going to have somebody standing up there that needs to be seen as well? If so, we need to come up with something different. It's a little more custom at that point. That's right. Um, That's a good point. Beyond that, you know, my little, a lot of people in Austin have, and and it's probably nationwide, not just Austin. I just work with a lot of tech companies here, (laughs) but they have little small little huddle booths that you may go in to get a little quiet meeting space, but it may have a little bit of a bigger kind of webcam, if you will. It's not, you know, four foot wide soundbar you might get at Best Buy looking, but it might be like an elevated kind of bigger webcam almost. It has a speaker mic, kind of a, maybe a foot wide or so, but it's a little huddle space. And so you may go in there, pop in real quick, plug in your USB, and and just to to backtrack a little bit, most of these are USB-based devices these all-in-one units. Um, But I may just walk in there, plug in real quick, have a quick meeting, and then walk out. And so, you know, it it, it really stems down to, do I need to have more than one camera? How big is the space? And again, that's where it's so vital to just have an integrator to say, what do you want to do in here? I mean, because I could go all day to these manufacturers' websites as a customer and just say, it's the small, the medium, or the large. And I could probably buy it from B&H Photo or some of those, you know, online retailers, mm-hmm, probably Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably have a decent experience. I probably would. I probably would. But when I get to that threshold where the manufacturer says, yeah, it does this to this, this degree or this, you know, capabilities, and it doesn't quite do that, that's where 
and integrator is so vital to say, Man, we've had this experience before. Let us learn from our mistakes and help you out so you don't have to have that, that burned experience. Because maybe the technology is great, but maybe we just needed to add a couple more things to just extend that and make that a little bit better. That is exactly right. I completely agree. And we always tell people just don't, you know, don't buy something and waste money and then realize that was not going to, you know, that wasn't these end of the day, that wasn't the solution that's best for your environment. And it's a great know, product. Maybe use it in this other space, but maybe not the space you were thinking about using it in. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Ryan. Well, that's as far as my knowledge goes when it comes to asking <laughs> questions. So is there anything else that I'm not thinking of? Oh, I could go on some rough tangents, but I don't, I don't, we, we don't want to do that today. <laughs> maybe another podcast for non-cameras, okay. you know. Okay. Okay. Well, I so appreciate you coming and talking with me today. And of course, I learned something new, which is always the case when I spend time with Ryan. And I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was a different experience than I'm used to. Most of us designers don't get to talk this much. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> oh, we talk too it. much. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. See ya. So let me just first say that I am uh, upset with you, Sandy, um, because you stole Ryan. Um, <laughs> I was hoping to do a, a interview with him uh, for the podcast and, and do some stuff. And now you've taken him and you've you know, made them your own and, and whatnot and, and whatnot. Although I, I'm sure I can probably find something that Ryan will be able to, you know, oh, shed some okay, light on. For okay. Sure. I knew you probably were going <laughs> to come down on me on that, but I will tell you that at first he was a little hesitant. And then after doing it, he sent me an IM and said, okay, that was fun. I want to do another one. So guess what? Well, very cool. Well, there I'll I take, groomed I'll him take and the now rank. he is yours. There we go. So will Ryan be ready? So, um, you know, I the I mentioned this at the beginning um, in the intro here uh, that that he has a way of kind of explaining certain things and and making it kind of just easy for everyone to understand and and I think one of the the biggest challenges that we see um, in today's world where people are asking for video conferencing or video streaming or whatever it may be is utilizing something like Zoom or Teams or or whatever on a computer, um, but they want the the functionality of the PTZ cameras. Um, PTZ cameras in the back of the room or multiple PTZ cameras and you know but you want to use a software with your computer and um, and so I think he really kind of shares some of that thought process and uh, you know HDMI versus USB and and extending those signals um, long distances and uh, the challenges that you see there so yes I think he did a you know a great job of kind of putting an outline together of how he processes the design around discussions with clients. He, mm -hmm. you know, he, he's a great guy, great guy, a lot of fun. So, well, you know, Sandy, I, I appreciate you, you bringing Ryan at the table here. Um, I, I am sure that we'll hear from him again. And, uh, and, you know, by all means, just if you have any questions that are on the technical side, know that we're reaching out to, to a team of Ryan's, if you will, um, within our design engineering team. So, exactly. uh, yeah. So with that, we thank you for joining us this week and uh, we'll check you next time uh, on Simply Connected with Data Projections. Uh, make sure you uh, like, share, and, and like, share, and subscribe. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.